At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome into the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. Very excited on this Friday because, as always, we have a great guest scheduled. Miles Ehrlich, a WNBA writer, will be here to discuss the WNBA game going on on Friday, the team that he covers, actually, the New York Liberty. And then we'll also get into the Saturday games as well. Actually, has some really cool trends to look at, too, that, again, we don't just bet trends blindly, but it is kind of fun to follow them. Uh, but first, we'll talk about the Dodgers and the Braves and, of course, the Angels and the Mariners feel like we've been seeing this game over and over again, but this time this one is in LA. Dodgers are at the Braves, though. Before we get into all of that, NBA draft also going on. UCLA's Peyton Watson went in the first round, pick 30. Man, it's too bad he couldn't run it back with the Bruins. Great season for them last year, but at least they have Jaime Hawkes for one more year. Before we get into all of that magic, uh, let's take a look at the Los Angeles lines that you can find at Bet River Sportsbook. So, Dodgers and Braves, as I mentioned, minus 129 for the Dodgers on the money line for this game. Braves plus 110, and the total a nine and a half. Dodgers minus one and a half, so on the run line, plus 120. And the Braves plus one and a half at minus 150. The Mariners are at the Angels. These teams have already played five games against each other in Seattle very recently, within the last week or two here. And now they are in Los Angeles for three more games. The Mariners plus 138 on the money line. The Angels minus 162. And the total at nine for this one. The Mariners run line, so plus one and a half runs at minus 157. Angels minus one and a half runs, plus 125. So uh, if you are also into 
hockey. Obviously, the Stanley Cup is going on. The LA teams are not in it. Maybe next year, though. Lots of young, fun talent, as Andy McNeil, our VEASAN NHL hockey expert, has told us on this pod before. Something to look forward to uh, for the future, for the Kings especially, but also the Ducks. Just a lot of injuries this year, guys. I'm going to write every excuse in the book, and it's always going to start with injuries. But the Stanley Cup going on, of course, on Friday night. Again, Game 5, Colorado leading the series 3-1. to one. The Lightning are plus 155 on the money line at the Avalanche, the Avalanche minus 182 on the money line total for this game, six goals and the puck line. So Tampa Bay plus one and a half goals minus 167 and the Avalanche minus one and a half goals is plus 140. Stormy Bonatoni, who also used to be the ringside reporter uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, also does a great job on VEASAN hosting My Guys in the Desert and has been on this show, friend of friend of the show as well, and also has ESPN the so- sideline for college football. She does it all, but she's been tweeting a lot about hockey betting as well. So if that's something you're looking to find, uh, that's also a great follow for this as well. And whether you're cheering on Tampa Bay or Colorado, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for the latest odds, promotions, boosts through the finals, every game of the playoffs. You can log into Bet Rivers and place three $10 same game parlays to receive a bet of $10 for free. So claim your free Bet River Game 5 matchup on Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Terms and conditions do apply. See the site for details. And with that, let's talk about the Dodgers, who are in action Friday night at 4.20 p.m. Pacific time. The Dodgers at the Braves here. Braves plus 110, as I mentioned, and the Dodgers minus 129 on the money line. And kind of a high total here at 9.5. So expecting some fireworks for this game, apparently. Uh, This is the three-game series. L.A. coming off of a sweep of the Reds. So three wins in a row was against the Reds. So let's, let's keep that in check. But... Nevertheless, a little bit of mojo going in. And also, maybe it's a good sign because we've talked about many times, different guests, I have pointed out, that the Dodgers don't always get up for the teams that are easy to beat. So nice to see them beat a team they should definitely beat every time. The Braves, meanwhile, just won three of four versus the Giants, a team that LA also uh, battled against recently. And the Braves have actually won 18 of their last 21 games. So this is going to be... A good series, we hope. Uh, This is actually going to be the fourth meeting between these two teams this season, and the Dodgers won two of the first three matchups. So, promising. Uh, Who's going to be on the mound? Julio Urias for the Dodgers. Now, that could be a cause for concern, which last year would be unthinkable for me to say. Urias right now, his ERA 2.56 and his whip 1.02. Uh, He's got 62 strikeouts in 70.1 innings pitched. And he'll be facing off against Ian Anderson, the righty pitcher, who is 6-3 on the win-loss column. 4.35 is the ERA and his whip of 1.39. So Ian Anderson actually not necessarily the most... uh, standout, we will say, statistics that are just off the charts, but has done really well against this particular Dodgers lineup, actually, which could be, again, a little bit of a cause for concern. We go back to Urias here, and over the four games against Atlanta last season, which, again, going back to last season, but he gave up 10 earned runs, 19 hits, over 17 innings. Atlanta won two of those four games. And if you want to fast forward to this season, the Dodgers have lost in seven of Urias's 10 starts. Now, some of that is them stranding people on bases, and we know things like that have happened. But in general, it just hasn't looked like Urias is as uh, reliable as he's been in seasons past. 
especially against this Braves team. And again, Ian Anderson has looked pretty solid against this Dodgers lineup, at least so far. He's a righty, so it's not like he's going to give them the trouble that left-handed pitchers have. But nevertheless, I think that the value might be on the Braves here at plus 110. I know this is the LA City cast, and you'd like me to say bet the Dodgers. But I think I'm going to lean with the Braves here. And I love that 9.5 because it's so tempting to go under on that 9.5 since it's not a round 9 there. I don't know. I'm tempted. I'm tempted to I lean under, and I would say look to the Braves here. Take with that with what you will. Uh, Friday, also in action, the Angels. What's wrong with the Angels? The OC Register had a great article about this, actually. You should definitely check out lots of great juicy details in there. I'll just give you some of it. Uh, but... That game uh, will feature the Angels and the Mariners on Friday night. But if we just look at how the Angels have looked as of recent, 10 and 25 in their past 35 games, and Fangraphs giving them a 14.7% chance to make the playoffs. Yikes. Angels offense has been an issue, which it shouldn't be if you look at it, at least the top of the lineup, which again, more on that in a moment. But the Angels have only scored 4.26 runs per game, which is 20th in the league. They're hitting 238, which is 19th in the league, and have a 707 on base percentage, 16th in the league. So these are not terrible numbers, but they're not where you'd like them to be. They're very meh. They're very mid range or worse. And then, of course, there's the strikeout rate, something that they're first in 25.6% strikeout rate, highest in the league. They're striking out too much. I don't know much about baseball, but I'm pretty sure. You don't want to be striking out as often as they are, or at least leading that statistical category. Now, we mentioned the top of the order versus the bottom of the order for the Angels. Of course, we know Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, etc. But the Angels' bottom four spots in the order, 549 combined on-base percentage, and a 296 slugging percentage, which, like, okay, what does it mean? Both worst in the majors by a lot. And then you look at the top five spots, 820 on base percentage, which is second in the league, and a 476 slugging percentage, which is also second in the league. So the gap between the haves and the have-nots in that lineup is huge. Then, of course, you look at the bullpen with the Angels, and you could say that this is complicated in some ways, but ultimately it's just that the bullpen has not been very good, which is, again, a problem pitching bullpen that the Angels have had in years past. Now, if you look at their relievers' whip combined, 1.18. It's 10th best. Not that bad, right? Uh, but they have a 1.66 whip, which is 27th in high leverage spots, as this article put it. So they're just not very clutch, basically. They've suffered 14 blown saves, which is tied for the second most in the majors. Now they're hosting the Mariners for three games. Now, fortunately, this might be a favorable matchup for them because they just played each other. The Angels won four of five in Seattle. And the one that they lost, Lorenzen was on the mound and he gave up seven earned runs. I think that that was an aberration for him. And I'm hoping that he'll correct here because guess who's starting on Friday for the Angels? Lorenzen. Now he's allowed a slugging percentage of 108 on elevated fastballs this season specifically, but that's best among qualified starting pitchers in the MLB. He's also allowed an on-base percentage of just 429 uh, against right-handed batters this season, which is second best among, again, the starting pitchers in the MLB. He'll be facing off against Flexen, who also pitched in that series most recently and gave up two earned runs uh, versus the Angels. He did have five strikeouts, so that might be an interesting way to look because we were just talking about 
how the Angels are striking out too much. So flexing over his strikeout prop? Question mark? Anybody? Maybe. Uh, also something of note, at least in terms of what already happened, four out of five of the games in Seattle went under. The one that went over was the one that uh, the Angels lost 8-1 to one, where Lorenzen was pitching. And nine of the last 11 Angels games have gone under nine runs. One had exactly nine. So only one of those in the last 11 has gone over nine runs. So it's weird to say because I love betting an over in an Angels game. And maybe there's a there's room for an over in a first five situation. But I would I would almost look under in the full game under. You're getting a nine here. It's so hard to say because we had the 12-11 game the other day where Shohei Otani went out of his mind. Which, by the way, Shohei Otani appreciation moment. Because what we're seeing this guy do is just... It's chef's kiss. It's unbelievable, the games that he's put, especially just recently, back-to-back. And nobody seems to be taking it seriously enough in terms of, like, MVP odds. We're still talking about Aaron Judge, of course, at the top of these odds. And it's so not funny. It's so not funny how hard Shohei Otani has to work to be like, "Mm, we'll consider you for the MVP again, but we'll put you behind a couple people in the odds because uh, you've got to be excellent at both of the things that you're doing that most people don't do both of. So regardless, I've gone off track, but my point is we love Shohei. Showtime. Love it. Wish this Angels team could uh, do a little bit more for him. It'll be interesting to see if he stays. That's a big question here. I think that you got to look to the Angels in this matchup, despite what we saw in that uh, Lorenzen last outing. I think that he'll right the ship here. But if that's not where you want to look, I totally understand. I'd rather look at an under in this game and hope that these pitchers show up. Yeah. And hopefully you don't go anywhere because coming up, we have our lovely Miles Ehrlich, our guest, WNBA writer, covers the New York Liberty and does such a great job at betting despite the fact that that's not his background. He's so good at calling these games. We did record this before uh, the Thursday night games wrapped up, but lots of great information coming your way. So definitely stay tuned for that right here on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Baseball is here and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25 and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook here with none other than Miles Ehrlich, WNBA writer, covers the New York Liberty. Happy to have him back on here. Always love your insights, Miles. Thanks so much for having me again, Danielle. It's fun to be here. So somebody else who is also making a triumphant return, Sylvia Fowles, back in action. I was really shocked to hear this. I thought her, I mean, I know that they listed her as indefinitely out, but I definitely didn't expect her to be back. Missed five games, and then they said she was cleared to go Thursday. Uh... Obviously, in case you don't know, WNBA MVP 2017, Sylvia Fowles, big deal. This is going to be her last season. So uh, were you surprised to hear that she came back as quickly as she did? Um, yes, but happily, pleasantly surprised, um, yes. especially in the light of some of the recent conversation around Syl not getting her flowers in her final season and mm-hmm. her missing some time might have robbed her of some of the opportunity to may- play her last games in certain cities. So... I'm really happy for Syl, really happy that she's back. 
And as you know, and as I know, the WNBA is not very good about injury reports. So I wasn't surprised mm. about that aspect of it. Um, mm-hmm. That's always a struggle. And yeah, for, for me trying to report on games and for you <laughs> trying to bet on games, I'm sure <laughs> that's, a very, that's a very <laughs> difficult, for, for very similar reasons, but a very difficult part of covering this league. Absolutely. I know that I was talking to Daniel Mattia, who's been on the show as well. He was making a bet on the sky last week and then surprise an hour before game time, no Candace Parker. So (laughs) that can be very frustrating. And it's hard because then another game, we had a Mystics game on Tuesday night. We got a total of 168 and a half when the line opened. It got down to 163 and a half before the game. So we were both ecstatic that we got 168 and a half. Ended up being 166 is what it landed on. Should not have came close, but it did. Um, Shout out Natasha Cloud, I believe, for missing those free throws. But that Mm. just shows you the closing line value is so important in the WNBA. But at the same time, uh, those injury reports can really get you. So really tough. But before we get into we'll look at Friday's game, of course, which is a Liberty game, which I know is the team that is your beat that you cover. I have to ask you about them beating the Connecticut Sun on Wednesday, 81 to 77. How do you explain this one? What did you think of this one? It was it was an almost like back to opening night. They beat the Connecticut Sun on opening night also. Mm-hmm. And that was a bit of a shocker. And the circumstances were weirdly similar where the Liberty were down a whole bunch of players and Han Shu, who was who was their third leading scorer about an hour and a half before the game was ruled out with a with an illness yesterday mm-hmm. uh, on Wednesday I'm sorry and then they came in and they took a they took Connecticut's first punch which is they turned it over three times and the the second time these teams faced each other uh the Liberty turned it over a franchise worst 32 times so it kind of felt like oh no here we go again and they finished the game with just 12 turnovers, which is what they've been doing as they've turned their season around in June. So Connecticut didn't look very comfortable inside. The Liberty did a good job crashing down, only lost the rebound battle by one, which is very mm-hmm. impressive. Steph Dolson probably had her best game as a member of the Liberty and got a huge cheer from the Connecticut fans, being that she played at UConn. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was a, it was, it's weird to see them win. This is the second win that they've had lately where Sabrina has an off shooting night and the, Mm. and the secondary players are able to really step up. Uh, And I think five players were in double figures and it was just well-balanced scoring. Sammy Whitcomb came in in the second quarter and hit three Mm -hmm. threes in less than three minutes of game action. And then it got close in the third quarter. Sammy came in, hit another three. So it was just great to see her shot start to fall. Maureen Johannes has been amazing to watch. Um, so yeah, it's, it was a surprise, but a pleasant surprise, at least for me, cause I took the drive up to Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a couple questions though, cause you pointed out that Sabrina had an off shooting night. She went two of nine from three, but she also had 11 total rebounds, eight defensive rebounds. The next closest was Stephanie Dolson who got six, uh, total rebounds herself. Is it just, that that's what it, it's pretty much this team goes with Sabrina Ionescu, it seems like, because even when she's not scoring, she's making a ton of impact in other areas of the court. Yeah, she also led the team with six assists. They've mm-hmm. recently, since Marine got over here, the last three or four games now, uh, moved to a three-guard starting lineup with mm-hmm. Beck Allen out with a concussion. And they've got Marine in there, Sabrina in there, and Crystal Dangerfield. And the mm. assist to turnover ratio has been phenomenal. For uh, and this is really where the team turned around. But I spoke to Sabrina before the game yesterday, and I said, "You're missing Han Shu. How do you make up for that? Just that size against a team yeah. like Connecticut." 
And Lorella Kubai came in and played some big minutes. And Dee Dee Richards was back, and she grabbed some yes. tough rebounds in traffic. So that was big. But yeah, Sabrina with 11 rebounds. That's all credit to Tosh and Steph up front boxing out mm -hmm. and making sure that they're keeping Connecticut off the offensive glass because that's what Connecticut likes to do. Mm -hmm. And if if they've got all five of their players crashing the offensive glass, that's when you get those run-out opportunities. And the Liberty scored a lot in transition just based off of the the aggressiveness of Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Dee Dee Richards coming back. Obviously, she I'm seeing she played 15 minutes, so not a huge uh, sample size for us again. But do you think that she's going to continue to make an impact for this team as they kind of turn this corner? Oh, absolutely. Um, Dee Dee, 15 minutes, but very notably came in with about three minutes left. Just mm -hmm. they need her defense. Uh, and mm -hmm. she subbed in for Crystal Dangerfield down the stretch. So unfortunately, the Liberty have had so many people on the injury report because... And it's a bunch of their best defenders because Rebecca Allen has missed a lot of time. Uh, Benajah Laney, who was an all-star last year and also just a phenomenal defender, and Jocelyn Willoughby. And if you've got the three of them and you've got Dee Dee Richards and you've got Natasha Howard, all of a sudden, this is not just a team that can shoot, but those are five mm -hmm. players that can switch basically one through five. And it's just a very dynamic roster that we unfortunately have not seen yet. <laughs> yeah. I know it seems like it's every year actually that this team, but also the Connecticut Sun that have to deal with injuries every season. So interestingly enough of a matchup, the Liberty are back in action on Friday, Liberty mm -hmm. at the dream 4:30 PM Pacific time. The Liberty just beat the sun, as we mentioned, but the dream just beat the wings on Tuesday, which I'm sure was a very fun moral victory for them. Uh, this is the first time these two teams are facing off this season, which I'm surprised to hear, but I'm excited for this. The dream, obviously first in defensive rating in the league right now and the Liberty 11th in offensive rating. But like we said, kind of turning corner here have beat the mystics twice this season once in their last four games they beat the sun and they lost by the sky uh by two so the last four games for them have actually been pretty impressive where do you think this is gonna be for the liberty on friday how do you think it's gonna look i think it's gonna be a very fun matchup like you said some of those big wins a couple against the sun a couple against the mystics uh and they were very close and what last night's or what Wednesday night's game did, it was just this team has talked a lot recently about not being able to close out these these tough games because they also mm -hmm. had the Seattle game last weekend mm -hmm. where it was back and forth in the fourth quarter. The Liberty had a, a one point lead with about six minutes left and then a couple of big threes down the stretch um, from Sue Bird and from Gabby Williams made that a nine point loss, but it was a much closer mm -hmm. game than that throughout. Um, and the players have talked about how they are learning how to close games kind of on the fly, and they're learning each other. And that's why the Connecticut win was was just such a big deal, because they did lead almost wire to wire, um, but it got close towards the end, and they were able to pull it out. So I think, yeah, the Liberty stock keeps going up, but after a 1-7 May where they put up a league-worst 70 points a game, and last place, 19 turnovers. They've turned it around in June. Six and three, 82 points a game, just 12.8 turnovers a night, which is second in the league mm. during the month. Um, nice. So from, yeah, so from worst to for second. Them. Yeah. Liberty turnovers. Oh my God, I could hit my head against the wall. Yeah. Um, both of these teams are actually, the, the dream are interesting because they've become, since Eric Wheeler went out, they've become mm. a more offensive team. And yeah. In, in June, the Liberty are tied for fifth with Dallas, like I said, at 82 points a game. Atlanta's right behind them at 80.5. Mm -hmm. 
So, mm-hmm. but that offense has come at the expense of some of that defense. So they've lost five of seven now in Atlanta. And in their last three losses, they've averaged 93 points a game and lost those three games. Um, so it's been a bit of a shootout. But I think that's what I'm really, that's where I think that the the, the money might be here is in betting the over on this game. Because, yeah, it, I'm interested to see what this total is going to look like. Because we're expect, I mean, the Dream have had lower totals because they're expecting defense, but they actually allow a good amount of points despite being that top defense. Yeah, and look at how they've played recently. But on the season, the Dream are still 11th in scoring at 78 a night, and the Liberty are last in scoring at 76.6. So the books might look at the fact that this is the 11th and 12th ranked scoring teams and maybe mm-hmm. not see that these are two teams that are both scoring over 80 a game in the month of June. So it might be a bit of a shootout, especially um, with Wheeler out. Both teams coming off a win. Who do you, I mean, do you expect the Liberty to be favored here? Uh, It's in Atlanta. It's going to be close. Yeah. How much would you want to lay with the Liberty? Max. I think two and a half, three and a half. Um, Not much, not much more. Not much at all. (laughs) Uh, Because so all eight of Atlanta's wins have come against teams with losing records and the Liberty are seven and 10. Uh, yeah. Although, like I said, they are six and three in June. So not they're playing very, like a seven and 10. They're not playing yeah. like a seven and 10. So I think if you could pair the Liberty and the over, that's probably where I'm going to go with this. Okay. You're going to, are you going to parlay this miles? Because that's, that's you have that's such good move. insights and then you parlay things <laughs> and then one part loses. Oh, miles. No, we got to get you off the parlay. Just okay. the same game at least. This is not yeah. across a bunch of different okay. ones. <laughs> okay, but I do. I agree with you. I like the over definitely in this game. So I think that's something worth looking at, especially because you might get some value because we have pretty decent defensive matchups here. Uh, let's look at the Saturday games as well. Mercury at the wings. I love that these are actually staggered. We have a 5 p.m. Pacific time start, a 6 p.m. and a 7 p.m. Blessings. Mercury at the wings uh, is the first one we'll see. How disappointing have the Mercury been lately? I mean, I know there's been a little bit of fight. I love this roster because it's so feisty. You have Diana Taurasi. You have Skylar Diggins-Smith. Usually you have BG in there as well. I think Tina Charles is starting to get her bad girl on as well. Uh, But they've just been a little bit disappointing, especially on the defensive end of things. And then they're facing off against the Wings, who have only won three of their last ten. Mercury played the Lynx twice this week. What do you think we're going to see Mercury at Wings? These are the two teams that I like betting on the least in the league they are the, the they <laughs> are the avoid two them. Me too. least consistent the mercury especially yes. yeah you just never know what you're going to get out of them and that makes sense for dallas of the team with an eight and nine record um mm-hmm. so i was i was trying to find an angle here and i think the primary matchup for me to follow is the two guards that narrowly missed out on all-star starter Arika Gumbawale uh, and Skylar Diggins-Smith. Love this angle. So, All-star. Okay. So all-star voting was broken down into three categories. It was the mm. fan rank, the media rank, and the player rank. So for Arike... Did you get to vote for media? I did not, no. Okay. Um, okay. But for Arike, the fans let her down. I think she was fourth in in media and players, and then 11th in fans. I her. And then for Skylar, it was the players. And Skyler would have been in there. And then she was, I think she was third and fourth and then 14th among the players. And that's why she didn't, she wasn't named. So for Skyler, for that very analytical reason, on spite <laughs> alone, which is what drives Skyler Diggins. It's like the Michael Jordan thing. Yep. And I took that personally. <laughs> exactly. I think that she is going off for 30 on Saturday. 
That'll be her yeah. first. Uh. Well, and to be fair, we're recording before Thursday's game where they rematch with the Lynx, and I wouldn't be shocked if she had a huge game Thursday. Yeah, but I can I can see her just holding it, <laughs> just holding <laughs> holding on to that until the game until I think next week when the reserves are mentioned, a couple of yeah. games until then, just to show why she should have been named. So you're gonna go with Mercury in this matchup? Yep, I think so. Just off, just and off also, of spite we're gonna, alone. We're <laughs> spite a spite analysis. I love it. Mercury and Wings, though, too, we're probably going to get a very high total here. Maybe too high to bet for me, comfortably. Um, maybe something like a first half over, but that's just really based on the fact that neither of these teams is particularly strong at defense. What, where do you think we'll, we'll see high scoring here? Yeah, um, and again, this is part of the frustration with this team, but it, this might be a better in-game bet. Um, just mm. see if a team jumps ahead early, knowing that either one has the firepower to bring it close, but not yeah. the not the consistent defensive drive to keep that going for 40 minutes. So right. it might be a better in-game opportunity. Yeah, and I think it would be the Mercury for me. If I could get a couple points on the Mercury in-game, that would be chef's kiss. We'd love that. Uh, here's another frustrating team. Two frustrating teams. The Sparks at the Storm, 6 p.m. Pacific time. The Storm are ninth in offensive rating right now. Uh, the Sparks, I could not believe, was shocked to find out. Second in field goal percentage. But dead last in field goals attempted. Cannot get a shot off. Cannot get a play to go. But when they do, they, they go in. they also dealing with some injuries. I know Shanae was not set to play on Thursday, so that's something to keep an eye on as well. But what do you think? I mean, Sparks at Storm. Um, well... First things first, Shanae should be fine. Um, I believe she's covering the the draft tonight. That's why she's missing Thursday's game. Um, But the Storm are six and three at home, and the Sparks are three and seven on the road. Um, Mm. When these two teams met back on May 20th, the Storm took it by three at home, but it was one of those nights where Stewie went off and carried the team, and no one else could score. She had 28, and the only other member of Seattle to score in double figures was Jewel, who had 11 on 3 of 10 shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once again, it's the front court matchups here. It's it's Ezzy and Stewie against Liz and NECA, and I think that's what's going to make this so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the end of the day, I just feel like the Storm are better at playing their ugly style of basketball, which is, which is just having... Really, just really talented done, players. Just barely. Yeah, yeah. They just have very talented players that that, like I said, that that win against the Liberty last weekend. It was there were three plays in the fourth quarter that it just came down to a turnaround fadeaway that they just happened to make because you've got they have Stewie. A talented. Yeah, yeah. You've got Stewie. You've got Jewel Lloyd. You've got <laughs> Sue Bird, who is a very different player in the fourth quarter than she is in the first three. <laughs> um, so, despite think, the Storm's yeah. fourth quarters actually being pretty pretty abysmal leading into this they're not they're definitely not a team i expect to cover especially because the books expect them to cover and so you're getting usually bigger point spreads than they've been able to cover i would say similar to connecticut connecticut was a nine and a half ten point favorite in that liberty game Mm -hmm. and they didn't even win it yeah so you can find some value in these spots i think especially with the teams that are expected to be good because they have those talented players right right and i think that what's interesting looking back at this matchup from from May is that these teams were both at full strength and it was a close game. So if mm-hmm. you're getting that was something I think that uh, when that line went out for Connecticut, that was based off of the 32 turnovers that the Liberty made before they had a point guard. And now they've got mm. three guards in their starting lineup. <laughs> um, so looking at what's changed from then to now. Yeah, that yes. was that was a three point game. That was a close game. And it was very much back and forth. NECA played really well there. Liz played really well. 
Um, so if that front court can can kind of hang with with Ezzy and Stewie, it'll be a closer game. And yeah, the storm don't cover very well. Yeah, similar to the sky, actually. I mean, starting to kind of make a make a change there, but. I, I have to say, I hate betting on the Sparks, especially on the spread. I hate it. If anything, see if you can get a good Storm number live, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can get Storm money line like decent if the Sparks kind of surge a little bit. But I like Storm to win this game, at least. Yeah, I like the Storm to win. I made a very terrible pun a few weeks ago on Twitter. Oh, I love bad <laughs> puns. What was it? Well, the Storm's hashtag is take cover. And I just said <laughs> that they need to change that if they're not going to cover these games and close out in the fourth quarter um to to don't to cover don't take the cover don't take <laughs> don't the cover take, <laughs> will not cover will not cover. uh yeah yeah not take cover so much not a good uh <laughs> so much for the storm i love that that's very good i think i remember seeing that tweet actually follow miles on twitter you, you don't want to miss out on these puns uh last game of course mystics at aces the mystics are like my sweetheart of the WNBA. i'm so sweet on them and every time people ask me is there value on the futures board i say the mystics because they're still sitting around nine or ten to one i think do you have a ticket on them you have a mm-hmm. preseason ticket that's much longer yeah i think that was 15 to one that i got preseason okay. 15 or for or 20 or something like that it was something yeah, it was 20 to 1 preseason yeah. so I, I bet uh i still think that they come and go with elena deladon but i think it's good for them it's like a little bit of adversity that they have to keep playing without her uh they are falling short without her they even asked after the game the other day would you have won this game if edd was playing and they said yeah we would have uh, now they have to face the number one offense in the league in the aces and this is interesting because the mystics are last in pace in the league the Aces are first. Mm-hmm. They last played on May 10th. The Mystics won 89 to 76. Uh, Washington actually trailed at halftime by 13 points. Then they come back, they outscore the Aces 24 to 7, leaned on that defense. Um, and I, I assume we're expecting Elena Deladon to be in in this game. I'm expecting it to be a high scoring affair despite the Mystics' de- like defensive prowess. So what do you think we'll see? Um, so this one is on the road. So I would think EDD would be out. Um, mm. which, and she is playing Thursday, I believe. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. So far, that's that's kind of been their their routine is she'll play at home games and not on the road, and then if a home game is close, uh, if a if a road game is close enough to DC, but I don't mm-hmm. see her making a West Coast trip. Uh, mm-hmm. So I would guess that EDD does not play, uh, which is just so frustrating. It's so frustrating <laughs> because she's such a a dynamic player. And because you want to see the best players, but also we want to see her play a road game in the playoffs. And if this is what makes that happen, then good. Yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, trying so the bullet. Yeah, trying to be. Smart Are the Aces going to be nine, ten point? I mean, not ten, but like eight or nine point favorites in this with no EDD. Uh, it could go that high. And also, yeah. I believe this is going to be their first game after blowing that twenty-eight point lead. So I think this. Aces team is going to come out there across sports. You always see those, those teams that are kind of front of the pack all season. They, they talk about mm-hmm. like not, they, they try to cling on to whatever adversity they can because they just need bulletin <laughs> board material chip on their shoulder. Yeah. yeah. And I think that you do not want to be the team that's facing them after they've blown a 28 point lead um, to the defending champs though. Yeah. To the defending champs. <laughs> that was, that was a spectacular Insane. game of runs. Well, just based on the way it started. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was it? 41 to 18 after the first quarter? Yeah, 41 just points in the first quarter. Abysmal. And I had Sky plus eight, and I'm sitting over here looking like a loser. And that's actually like one of my few bets that hit that night. I think it went two and three. Uh, I had that one, no, too. No, incredible. <laughs> yeah. 
I know I was like, oh, disrespectful for them to get eight points. Uh, but turns out uh, it was very disrespectful because this guy ended up winning that one. I agree with you. The aces in the bulletin board material because I got to go to my first WNBA game the other day. I got to sit so close. It was so cool at Crypto.com. It was aces and sparks. And... It was funny because I brought a friend and the friend was like, man, the aces argue with the refs so much. They're jawing so much. They're up by 20. Why are they? And they're just like, they play like they have a chip on their shoulder, including including their head coach. So I do think you're right. I think the Mystics are in for uh, a bad beat here. Like it's going to be a beat down for them, I think a little bit. I think so too. I, I, I feel like I might just blind bet this one on the aces just because of that. Um, yeah. I did want to give a, a shout out to, you talked about Dan and Mattia before and mm-hmm. Calvin Wetzel from spreading the yeah. floor. We got to um, get Calvin on. Yeah. The mystics have gone under in the second quarter in 16 straight games. That it's is 18 and one, right? I think it's yeah, overall. Is yeah. What was Calvin tweeted about this. Calvin Wetzel. It's, yeah. it's a ridiculous stat that just keeps on hitting over and over again. And I know it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a hilarious trend. We don't bet trends blindly, but if you were going to, this would be the one. I know that the aces are a scoring juggernaut, but that just means that the line is going to be higher. And mm-hmm. we're going to start the second quarter with some aces bench player minutes. And I, mm. I crunched down some numbers on just how rough this aces bench has been. Yeah. Um, 1,295 of their 1,494, uh, 1,464 points have come from the starting five, which is 89% of their offense. Um, this is a not surprising, but a still funny stat. Their lowest scoring starter, Chelsea Gray, has scored 200 points. The entire bench over the course of the season has scored 169. So basically everything is coming out of that starting unit. And I know that yeah. Becky does not does not switch out five and five. So it's not like we're going mm-hmm. to get a bunch of backups. But for those minutes, when you've got Teresa Plaisance and Kia Stokes and and Shepard out there, I think that's where you can take advantage. Um, and if Washington's not going to be putting up a lot of points in the second quarter, as as they haven't done, that's where the bench might get a little bit more run and get a little bit more rest for those starters. So it might be the first three, four minutes where we've got um, a majority Aces bench players out there. And in that case, that under is going to sound really good. And as we've talked about before, the aces lines are always so inflated because in Vegas, they just always think great things about them. So that, that second quarter line might be higher than it would against any other team. I completely agree. Someone pointed out on Twitter, they said aces over. So we just bet those blindly. And I was like, you almost can't because everybody knows what, you know, we know how good their offense is. So the totals are almost too high to bet. So I love getting those in game. If there's like a lull in scoring, maybe you can find a full game over too, like in that second quarter when things kind of slow down, we hope. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. That's what I'm just watching. I just want to watch the Washington second quarter unders. That trend is hilarious. Uh, and then you had, before I let you go, a really interesting trend with the Chicago Sky as well that's continued. Yeah, the Chicago Sky have, on the, the second game of the season, beat the Liberty by 31 points. And to this point, that is the only game that the Chicago Sky have finished with either either winning or losing by double figures. And I so thought close games. I thought that streak was going to end the other night <laughs> with that <laughs> when they were down by 28 at the beginning of the second quarter, early in the second quarter. Um, but no, not only that. And then they went up by 10 or 11 with like 30 seconds left. I'm like, okay, now it's done the other way. And sure enough, the Aces came back to to bring it back, bring it back down. Yeah. So on Sunday they play the Lynx, and mm. the Lynx are in last place. So it's possible that the Sky get double digits there. And I mm-hmm. would just caution you to stay away from sky double digits 
Especially because the links have looked semi decent lately. And and Sill is back starting yeah. tonight. So seeing how Sill looks, um, on Thursday, yeah, yeah, uh, and then Milich. Uh, unfortunately, the team had to cut, uh, but Milich was averaging. 14 and a half points so mm. i'm sure they're trying to figure out a way to get her back on the roster uh so i think that the the links are better than a last place team and we've known that all season that they're better than a last place team but between players coming over late to like k mac i think that they just have not had a starting five together and now that Silla's back they will because dantas is back now too yeah Fear, fear that. Yeah, definitely something to look forward to on Sunday. Miles, thank you so much for your, all of your insights, of course. And uh, what else are you working on tonight? Because this is kind of a cool thing, too. Yeah. Um, so I am going Thursday to, night. Oh, sorry. Thursday night. <laughs> by the time you listen, you'll have missed it. Um, yeah. But, but you'll get the next one. Yeah. Yeah. On, on Twitter spaces, I'm I'm joining a, uh, a fan from the Atlanta Dream to talk about the, the Liberty facing the Dream on Friday night and just kind mm -hmm. of breaking down how both these teams are doing. And then, yeah, by the time you listen to this, I'll be covering the, the Liberty game tomorrow night or <laughs> Friday night, tonight, whatever night you listen to this. He works every day. Follow us or like <laughs> on Twitter. Thank you so much, Miles. We'll get you back on soon. Thanks, Danielle. Uh, and thank you for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast. New shows Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We always are going to talk about the WNBA. I can't help myself. So come on back for more of the LA and WNBA action.